Today's podcast begins with a trip back in time to see what were the traditions of the very first Christians. We take a look at the book that perhaps should have been entitled Luke 2, the sequel. We ponder if perhaps this question is best answered by looking at Joseph and taking in consideration Jesus' childhood upbringing, all on the way to answering the very controversial question, was Jesus a communist? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. All right, I know there are those of you out there listening who are already rolling your eyes going, what a stupid question. But interestingly enough, there are certainly Christians who would answer this question with a heartfelt and emphatic, you bet he was. Of course, I think there are even more of the faithful who would say, absolutely not, that's absurd, or as in this case, that's a stupid question. Also, I should note that there are also those who would just as emphatically state that Jesus and Christianity are strongly in favor of capitalism, which to a great extent, and I think is really interesting, is why the Christian communist group exists. There are those who have watched many Christians, and in many cases the church itself, align itself with the competitive values of capitalism. People who are disturbed by this alliance have said, Okay, actually, the early church was more a communist community, ergo Jesus intended us to be communists, not capitalists. So let's start with the argument in favor of Christian communism being the expected norm. Now, the first thing we'd want to say, or the people who are against this idea would go, this is ludicrous, there is no scriptural support for this whatsoever, but actually, the people who are in favor of this idea they have scripture on their side, at least some. The scriptural support for this belief is found in the book of Acts. And the word Acts, of course, being shorthand for the full title of this book, which is Acts of the Apostles. Just a quick reminder, the book of Acts might have been better titled Luke 2, as I said in the opening, the sequel. The author of the two books, meaning Luke and Acts, almost certainly is the same person. Luke and Acts were intended to be volume one and two, kind of the Christian story. Volume one focuses on the life, ministry, death, resurrection of Jesus. Volume two follows the early church and their efforts to be who they understood Jesus was calling them to be. So let's look at the second chapter in the book of Acts and see what it has to say. This passage says, Many wonders and signs were done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they sold their possessions and goods and distributed them to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they partook of food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So the argument in favor of, say, Christian communism from the Bible is found here. 
As people joined and became part of this fledgling community of faith, the early church, they sold their possessions, gave it to the community, and all resources were held in common. Okay, so the argument in favor has at least some traction to it. Communism literally gets its name from the idea that property is held not individually but in common by the entire community. And that's exactly what seems to be going on here in this passage from the book of Acts. So, were we founded by communists? Now, some might hear this particular passage we just read and respond, yes, property was held in common according to this lone verse, but we should hardly make a decision nor expect all of future Christians to follow this way of living just because of this one single passage. Let's look at a passage that occurs two chapters later, same book. Now, the company of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things which they possessed was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made to each as any had need. All right, that's all well and good, but wait, wait, wait. The passage clearly says, and no one said that any of the things which he possessed was his own. See, right there, it says that there wasn't communism going on because it clearly states that people held possessions. That is true, but it also splits a sentence in half to make it say what we want it to say. The same sentence then follows with, but they had everything in common. It also says there was not a needy person among them, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them, brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the feet of the apostles, and then distribution was made to each according to their need. Look, we don't really have Jesus saying, I want you all to be communists. We certainly have the early church clearly functioning with an idea of community property being the norm for those in the faith community. Now, before we do anything else, let's go ahead and look at capitalism, and then we'll talk about kind of this overarching issue. So what about the argument for Jesus as a capitalist? Well, the argument, I would say, is a little more tenuous, but let's propose three points that I have heard, and I actually went online and did some reading about people who argue in favor of this because I wanted to see what those people had to say, not words I was putting in their mouth. First point, Jesus grew up in the home of a carpenter. Joseph sold his work and his goods in order to support his family. Working for pay is the very heart of a free market economy espoused in capitalism, so Jesus grew up in a capitalist home. Therefore, Jesus was a capitalist, and we should be too. Number two, Look no further than the scripture, God helps those who help themselves. You can't really get any more capitalist than that. Number three, we have all certainly heard of the Protestant work ethic. 
That is a Christian belief that hard work will kind of receive its due reward, and you can't really get more fundamentally capitalist than work hard and you will be rewarded for it. Okay, so let me run through these very quickly. It's probably true that Joseph, Jesus' dad, got paid for his work. But first, we don't really have any documentation on that. And second, it's almost certainly equally true that he often traded his work for goods rather than money. So by this argument, we could just as well say Jesus wants us to live in a barter economy where we don't use money, but we trade our actual goods and services without the use of any currency. Second, it is correct that God helps those who help themselves is an often cited justification for our being self-reliant and self-sufficient. The problem with this one is that as often as it is quoted as being scriptural, it's not. Truth is, This one has been said by many people in many languages, in many ways, in many cultures. It just never comes out of the mouth of Jesus in Scripture. Finally, the Protestant work ethic was born out of the creation of the Protestant churches. The idea is that the Catholic Church, which the Protestant churches were kind of rebelling against and breaking away from, some Protestants said Catholic Church requires good works to earn your way into heaven. The Protestants wanted to make a point that God's grace, not works, determines who is saved. Some Protestant theology said that God has predetermined who is saved. So even before you're born, God knows you're going to be born and has already decided whether or not you are going to be saved. So there's not really anything you can do or not do to, say, encourage God to offer you salvation. But as soon as we say salvation is predetermined, there begins to be an interest in, but how do we tell who is saved and who is not? So it was reasoned by some that those who worked the hardest were clearly those who were God's chosen. Their work was a natural response to their chosenness. Protestant work ethic eventually became the idea that you should work hard and in essence, prove to others that you were chosen to be saved and that you were loved by God. It eventually got simplified that God simply wants us to be productive members of society, and it's easy to see how this wound up fitting in nicely with the system of capitalism. But the Protestant work ethic, though associated with some branches of Christianity, would be really difficult to trace back to Jesus It is instead probably an overcorrection to problems Protestants believe they saw in the Catholic faith. So it's our invention, not Jesus's. So in summary, this really isn't of Jesus. The Protestant work ethic certainly became associated with capitalism, but it's difficult to tie it in any way, shape, or form to Jesus's teachings. So that sounds like the answer to our question for the day is yes, right? Is Jesus really a communist? Well, not so fast. Jesus is no more a communist than a capitalist because those are both political systems. If Jesus were to return today and stand upon the earth in our midst, we would be mistaken to think that he would be a capitalist, communist, socialist, or even (gasps) Democrat or Republican. 
what we can be darn sure of is that Jesus would spend time calling all of those groups into accountability and, in truth, reveal the hypocrisy of each. That's what Jesus did with almost anyone he encountered. But what about those passages that describe the common ownership of property? First, Jesus shows no interest in the rules of governance that a country might have. So capitalism and communism are political ideologies for the way a country should be ruled, run, overseen, which are not things that Jesus seemed to be interested in much at all. Claiming Jesus as a particular ideology is as mistaken as claiming Jesus supports the divine right of kings, which people used to claim that as well. The early church, they weren't communists. They were a community of faith that lived communally, and that's very different. What Jesus did seem very interested in was that everyone's well-being was the shared responsibility of the community of faith. It would have been an absolute anathema to Jesus for the community of faith, say, to gather to a meal and have some who could afford to eat and others not. So the early church shared resources so that no one in the community was in need. No one was suffering. Was Jesus interested in a faith community that sought to govern the whole of society? No. No, I don't think so. What he was interested in was people who proclaimed their joint belief in God's love and therefore lived by a common way that sought to uphold the dignity of every person, that sought to uphold justice for every person, that sought to uphold the right to resources, the right of survival of every single person. Wait a minute, this seems to mean that Jesus espoused a system that was for those who were part of the community. Jesus intended to help the members. And I would say that's probably true. But let me say this with a pretty big caveat. The community doesn't get to decide who's a member and who's not. If you want in, you're in. And if you don't, well, you don't have to be. But anyone who wants to be a part of the abundance that the community has and should be sharing, they're in. So what Jesus says time and time again is you're supposed to care for your brother, your sister, your neighbor. Huh. Oh, good. I thought I was on the hook for caring about everybody. Oh, I should ask, by the way, how did Jesus define our brother, our sister, and our neighbor? And as we know, it means pretty much everyone. Pretty much? Okay. All right. I was trying to get off the hook. It means everyone. That is Jesus' way. We are a community who proclaims the remarkable love of God as we witness through the ministry, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. And our understanding of those things has called us to give, serve, and to share with everyone. I will leave you with the words of Jesus from the Gospel of John. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. That's all for today. 
Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you get notified of future episodes. Also, you can find me on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for Sky Pilot Faith Quest. And if you'd like to get in touch with me to ask a question, leave some feedback about my podcast, my email address is dan at skypilot, S-K-Y-P-I-L-O-T dot zone, Z-O-N-E, dan at skypilot dot zone. And as always, I would love to hear from you. On your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to Sky Pilot Faith Quest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions. <laughs>